I know some people are thinking, okay, this is going to be a cutesy sermon or whatever, because it's got a cutesy title, Krispy Kreme Grace. Uh, Not necessarily. I really want to share something with you. I think is in in, in a lot of ways deeper than maybe some other sermons that I have shared with you. Uh, I I want to talk to you about, talk to you about grace today. I've got a friend that uh, he lived just a few blocks from the Krispy Kreme in Hoover. And uh, he said, that, he said that, was, that was horrible. He said, my car would not drive past there if the hot now sign was on. And he said, sometimes I'd have to circle the block three or four times waiting for them to turn the hot now sign on so then I could go in. And <laughs> you, you understand, right? Krispy Kreme donut, they're awesome, they're awesome. Years ago, uh, I, I don't know if you, if, if you were around youth ministry back when I got started back in, back in the 80s, uh, and, uh, Anthony Campola or Tony Campola, he was, he was kind of the man. Um, he was out there. He was the first guy out there, and uh, he's, he's still around with us. He's not doing as much ministry now. He's a good bit older. But he, he shared this story. He was speaking at a junior high youth camp, had a bunch of boys in a room, and he said, I need somebody to tell me the difference between justice, mercy, and grace. And a little junior high boy raised his hand. He said, he said, it's like if a man gets pulled over by a policeman for speeding and the policeman gives him a ticket, that's justice. If he gives him a warning, that's mercy. But if he hands him a Krispy Kreme donut, that's grace. Told you I was going to tie this in, right? <laughs> yes, this morning, I do. I want to preach to you about how God's grace is like the Krispy Kreme donut that you received when you walked in back there. So would you pray with me? Father, I love you. Thank you, God, for the grace. Grace that uh, abounds. Grace that is greater than all of my sin. Grace that uh, carries me through times when I don't deserve your help but you're there anyway. Grace for my struggles, grace for my mistakes, grace for my rebellion even. God, thank you for your grace. That this week, Lord, I had more than I deserved, more than I had earned, more than I could ever hope for, God, and every week is that way. And God, I pray for someone today, Lord, that really needs your grace. They need to see you again, God. Not, not, not as this world paints you. Not, as, not, not in the pictures that even religious people paint you. And, and, and even sometimes we preachers paint you. God, let somebody just see you again, just pure and simply like a kid with a Krispy Kreme donut. Let them see you again, God, just, just, just purely, God, of who you really are, of your love, your mercy, and your grace. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, so let's take those three things that Tony Campolo talked about. Let's, let's define those for just a moment. First it was justice, right? Now what is justice? Justice is the administering of deserved punishment or reward. The, the, the very important word right there is deserve. Now there's a lot of definitions and this is the one that really fits what we're talking about this morning, fits in that arena. It's the administration of deserved punishment reward. Like if you do something good and then someone rewards you, that's justice. If you do something bad and you get a punishment, that's justice. Okay? So it's, it's what is deserved. Grace has nothing to do with what you deserve. Oh, I thought I'd get an amen right there. Thank God. Something, right? Grace has nothing to do with what you deserve. I mean, that's good. That's good when I do good. 
But when I do bad, that's not good. <laughs> when, I, when I've done wrong or when, when I've missed the mark, I really, I'm really not excited about justice. But let me give you something this morning that you can be excited about. Even, even when you've done wrong, when you've got bad in your past, you've got mistakes in your past, when you've done wrong in your past, let me tell you about something else. Okay, the second word was mercy. He said, he said tell me the difference in justice, mercy, and grace. Here's mercy. Mercy is compassionate forbearance shown toward an offender. Okay, this is the definition that really kind of fits the arena of what we're talking about. It's compassionate forbearance or, or, or patience or, 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 or allowance being made for an offender, shown toward an offender, okay? So this compassionate forbearance. Mercy is like, it, 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 can, it can be a little bit of mercy or it can be a lot of mercy. Mercy can be like somebody's, you know, your landlord saying, okay, I know you're behind in your rent, I'm gonna give you 10 more days, that's mercy. You know, un unless the contract says he has to give you that, when he says, I'm gonna give you 10 more days beyond your contract, that's mercy. But, uh, but then maybe if he says, well, I know you're so far behind that you're probably never gonna catch up, tell you what I'll do, is you don't even have to pay Novembers, I'm just gonna mark it off, start over in December. Now that's mercy, that's a lot of mercy. You know, when, when, when you've got a forgiveness of a debt or of a penalty, you know, in the same way as someone who is, who's committed a crime, you know, and, and if you get a, a suspended sentence or, or you get, uh, uh, you know, the judge allows you to, to do community service, that's mercy. But then if he says, you know, I know that you're guilty of this, but I see something in you that, that I, wanna, I, I wanna help you out, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to wipe this off, that's mercy too. So it, it can be little bits of mercy, or it can be a huge amount of mercy, and, and everything be forgiven and be totally wiped away, that's mercy. But grace goes even further than mercy. Grace is even more, I, I know we, we think of, of forgiveness as being grace, but grace is, is even more than mercy is. That's mercy when you're forgiven of something or, or, or someone like God is being patient with you in your sin or your landlord's being patient with you in your rent or a judge is being patient. Mercy is, is awesome, but grace goes so much deeper. And, and so that's what I want to talk with you about this morning. So let's, let's talk a little bit about grace. Here's the definition of grace. The freely given, unmerited favor and love of God. That's what grace is, freely given. Freely, uh, let's look at that little phrase first, freely given. That does not mean it was free. It was freely given. That doesn't mean it didn't cost anything. It means it didn't cost you anything. It cost somebody something. Okay, like the donut you got this morning, right? Everybody got a donut. How much did you pay for the donut this morning? Did, anybody, did they charge anybody? I just want to make sure. No, no you, didn't, you didn't pay anything for a donut, did you? But you know, somebody else did. Somebody bought the ingredients. Somebody mixed them together. So, somebody, somebody created the donuts, or, or some time ago, someone created a machine that creates the donuts, and somebody operated that machine that created those donuts today. And those donuts, they, they were cooked Somebody had to set that up and to do that and oversee it, make sure it was done right. And then they were iced. Oh, they were iced so wonderfully, weren't they? <laughs> you know, they were glazed over, you know, and so they were glazed and somebody else did that. And somebody else took every single one, picked it up and put it in a box, hopefully not with their fingers, right? But I'll show you that in a minute, okay? It's okay, don't, don't worry about it. But somebody picked it up, put it in a box, put it in a display case or stacked it somewhere Somebody else went to the store this morning 
and wrote a check or gave a card and bought these donuts. Somebody else paid for these donuts. Somebody else picked them up. This somebody else put them in their car and drove them across town and delivered them right here. Somebody else besides you brought them into this, into this building. Somebody else, actually several, somebody else has stacked them up on the tables. They even got you a napkin, right? You know, got coffee this morning. Also had some iced tea to go with it. You know, you, some of you didn't know about the iced tea. So, you know, make sure you get some iced tea if, you, if you're not a coffee drinker. Somebody else did this and this and they did all these things. I mean, they, they set all of that out there. They, you know what? They even opened the box for me. I walked up, they opened the box for me, handed me a napkin. All I had to do was, yeah, what, what did you have to do? What did you have to do to receive a donut today? You just, you just had to accept the donut and then taste the donut and, and savor the donut and, and enjoy the donut and consume the donut. I mean, all you had to do, you, you just had the easy job, right? <laughs> so, well, you, you guys, some of you are really smiling. It's like you're just enjoying the experience all over again, yeah, right? I mean, that's, that's all you had to do, and that's, that's how grace is with God. His that is exactly how his grace is. is. He's done everything. There's nothing left for you to do except just receive it. But you know, here's, 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 here's one of the problems with, with Krispy Kreme donuts, is you got all these people who think Dunkin' Donuts is good, and they, th they think they're so good they don't even try Krispy Kreme glazed. Or, or, you know, are they like Joe's? Are they like Shipley's? Are they like, uh, you know, oh, well, I, uh, the donut hole down at the beach, you know? Uh, let, let me tell you something. My, my number two donut in the world, you, know, you don't want to talk about number two donuts? Let me talk about it. Number two donut in the world is blueberry made by anybody. I, I don't care. You know, it's a blueberry donut. Yeah, I even like Walmart's blueberry donuts, you know, and I don't, I don't mean that as a slam toward Walmart's bakery, but I mean, I like anybody's blueberry donuts, but they're, you know, as much as I like those, if I had never had a Krispy Kreme donut, I would not know what I was missing because I would say, man, this is awesome. And, and you know, for those of you who like Dunkin' Donuts better than you like Krispy Kreme, okay. But you gotta admit with me that there is nothing like a Krispy Kreme donut. I mean, it is everything that we're about here in the South, isn't it? I mean, you take a carb, right? You take a carb and you fry it. <laughs> And then you cover it with every bit of sugar that you could possibly put on it. I mean, it is what we're about here in the South, you know. And, and if you've never ever, and, and, and sometimes I run across somebody that's never had a Krispy Kreme donut. If you've never had it, there's no way for me to describe to you what a Krispy Kreme donut is like. You have to experience it yourself. You have to savor, you have to enjoy, you have to let it melt in your mouth and say, wow. And even if you say, but that was better, still, you need to sit there because this, this is so different than any other donut you've ever had. It, it, it is so different. And that's the way it is with God's grace. Because those who've never yet tasted it, 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 it's like they're hung up on some other donut, they don't even want to try this. You know, and, and, and you know, they, they can hear it and they can hear it today and say, well, that sounds good, pastor. But you know, I, I, I still don't see what the big deal about it is. But here's the problem is because all you've done is hear, you know, you just heard it. You just got it in your ears. But if we handed you a Krispy Kreme donut today and you're still sitting back there right now with your Krispy Kreme donut, 
You know, and you're carrying it around with you. And, you know, sometime this afternoon I run into you, run into you at Walmart and there you are, you're still carrying your Krispy Kreme donut around with you. You know, and, and tomorrow I meet you and you still got your Krispy Kreme donut, you're carrying it around with you. That's like someone who has heard the story of grace, but they sit and they say, yeah, this all sounds good, but the reason there's a but is because you still haven't done what is necessary to experience it. You have to consume it. You have to take it in. You have to taste, and when you taste, and the savoring, like think about the savoring of the Krispy Kreme, time, when you begin to taste how awesome the grace of God is. You see, no, nobody, nobody is able to forgive except those who are forgiven. I mean, truly, if, if, you know, I, I think about, you know, it's, it's when I get in those times and I realize, you know, how much that I've done to displease God and to even rebel against him and, and that he's just kind of wiped the whole slate clean and said, start all over with me. Here's my mercy, but also here's my grace. I'm going to keep telling you about grace here in just a minute. He said, here's my mercy and here's my grace. And I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed by the forgiveness that is there. It makes me want to forgive others. I mean, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, let me tell you the first thing to do. Get forgiven. Because when you get forgiven and you realize, you realize how awesome the grace was that was given to you, it's like, some of you probably could, right? But you can't eat a dozen all by you. You get a dozen, you want to give it to somebody else, don't you? And especially if you find somebody that's never tasted it, what I've tasted. You need to take in what I've taken in today. You need to receive what I've received. You want them to receive and understand and receive this the same way. It is freely given. All you have to do is accept it just like that. It's also unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. You know what that means? It means you didn't earn it. It's unmerited favor. Now, when you, when you picked up your donut out at the table, what was on the form that you filled out this morning? Uh, can anybody tell me the questions that were on the form that you filled out? You know, you know the one, but before you got your donut, they made you fill out a form? Nobody filled out the form? They didn't give you the form? Nobody saw a form? There was not a form that asked you for your social status. There was not a form that asked you how much money you make. There was not a form that asked you, you know, what your race, gender, creed is. There wasn't a form out there that asked you all your good deeds for the week. There wasn't a form that said, before you get a donut, we want to know how many bad things you did this week. Nobody got a form like that. You know why? Because that's like grace. Grace doesn't ask the question. Grace doesn't say, who are you? Where have you been this week? How bad have you been? What have you done? What good, what bad have you done? Grace doesn't ask that question. Grace is free. Grace is for everybody. And the scripture says, scripture in the book of Titus, I think is that my next slide? I hope, I hope, I hope. There it is. Titus chapter two, verse 11, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. All people. Salvation is to all people. Krispy Kreme donuts, I'm sorry. Grace is for all people. It's not just for those of us who deserve, how many of you deserve God's grace? I'm glad nobody raised their hand because I would have had to ask for your spouse to rebut that, you know, if you'd raise your hand and say, I, I just, you know, no. How many of us, none of us deserve God's grace. It's not about deserving. Justice is about what you deserve. Grace has nothing to do with what you deserve. And so if you're still sitting back and say, but I can't have grace, it's a no, yes, you can. Like somebody, I, I can't eat a Krispy Kreme. I'm not a member of the church. I can't take one of your donuts. No, we don't care if you're a first time attender. Go, go get a half a box, take it home to somebody or something. You know, that, that's not what this is about. It, is, it has been revealed. It has appeared bringing salvation to all people. It's for everybody. It's for every one of us. And here's where grace begins to really take on 
that next, that next step that goes beyond mercy. It goes beyond just the forgiveness of sin or the forgiveness of wrong or the forbearance that God has with the patience that God has with us. Here's where it begins, right here. It's in that Jesus Christ gave himself. He gave himself. He died on the cross of Calvary, right? And when you think about that and you realize Jesus Christ God came in the flesh and lived as a man and he lived w without sin and, and he's the one that died for me. Then you begin to say, oh, wait a minute. Th th this, this is more favor than I deserve. You, you want to put the Krispy Kreme donut bag and say, no, I, I just don't deserve that. But he says, take it anyway. And you know, he, he, he could have, okay, what do you deserve when you tell a lie? Okay, you know, you're a kid at home and your mom or dad catches you in a lie. What do you deserve? Maybe a couple of licks, maybe 15 minutes in the corner in timeout or whatever. You know, if all we had ever done is just lie, Jesus could have come to the earth and, you know, he could have just gone to the corner for us, right? <laughs> he could have just taken a couple of licks for us, right? But we've done things much worse than that. He had to come and pay the sin of every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that has ever lived. And there, there are sins that we commit that are worthy of death. Maybe you haven't, but there are some of us that have. And so what he did, when you see that, you, you, some, you sometimes think, Jesus came to this earth and did all this, and he went through all this for me, and, and you almost think, man, this is overkill. I didn't do anything. I'm not, I've not murdered anybody. I've not kidnapped anyone. I've not abused anyone that, that I'm worthy of death. This is overkill, but we're on a spiritual plane here. We're talking. And Jesus, he had to pay the penalty for everybody's sin. And so here's what he did. Is he, is he didn't write a check. He didn't send an angel. He came himself and he paid the penalty for every sin that was ever committed. I mean, when you think of some of the... Some of the uh, monsters, you know, as we kind of like to term some of the people that have lived throughout history and what they have done with, to a, a lot of people. You know, we think of people like the Hitlers, you know, we, we think of Hitler or we think of Jeffrey Dahmer. We think of people like this and what they have done. Realize that Jesus Christ died for their sin. That, that, is, that is the reason he had to die is he had to die for everybody's sin. And that everybody, mine and yours, and, and it looks like, man, he paid too high a price for me. And I just, I just can't take his grace because I'm unworthy. No, you understand. He died for Jeffrey Dahmer. He died for, for, for Adolf Hitler. He died for every person's sin so that they could have, and, and all they've got to do is exactly what you and I need to do. Just receive it, savor it, taste it, take it in and make it part of you. Because, because he died for your sin. He paid that price. The last thing it says up here is, and the love of God. This is, this is where, as I said, that's where it was beginning. And here's, where it, here's where it really comes, is the love of God. What he did for us. It's really easy that if you find out your neighbor's got a problem, write a $100 check, you know, and leave it on their door, right? But what's harder is to actually go over and get involved and say, roll up my sleeves, how can I help? You know what Jesus did? He rolled up his sleeves. He came to this earth. He lived in the junk you and I have to live in. In a time a whole lot less blessed than you and I lived. And he, de he dealt with all the junk that you and I have had to deal with. Because he wanted you to know his love. 
Do you know what it takes to become a Krispy Kreme donut? You can't become one. Okay, I don't mean that. But do you know what it takes for that donut to become a Krispy Kreme donut? Do you know? You ever seen it? Let me show you. The, let me show you this morning. There's, they're beginning to mix. They mix it and they knead it. Now, kneading is a process, and it's not a very enjoyable process, probably. And then every ball of dough is shot through with a piercing blast of air that, that boom, boom, just shoots a hole in the middle of everyone. Think about that spiritually and how, what that would mean. And then it goes into the, this, this proofing cabinet where, where it's, uh, it's proofed. It's high humidity, high heat, as, and it makes the dough rise. And that doesn't happen by accident. It happens because of the proofing. And then it's thrown into the, into the oil where it's, where it's, anybody getting hungry again? Y'all ready to slip out again? And, and they're, they're flipped over so that they're cooked thoroughly on both sides in the oil, and then they ride, ride up this last little conveyor belt for the last thing. I mean, I mean, yeah, the piece de resistance, right? Oh, is that wonderful cascading glaze, right? That is just poured over all of them. I heard one guy say, man, I would just like to lie down on that conveyor belt and just go right through that. Well, you probably wouldn't want to do that because the temperature of the glaze is 120 degrees and that glaze to get, stick on you, that, that would be scalding hot, okay? Uh, and, and water, you can probably stand that for just a little while, but that would be scalding hot. So then they keep going down the conveyor belt, you know, and out they're, they're beginning to, to cool just enough that they can be picked up and they can be moved over. And, uh, and that's exactly what happens is, there you see the sticks. Nobody's doing it with their fingers. That's a good thing, right? And so we put them right there. And so all those things happen so that you can have a hot now Krispy Kreme donut. It's, it's a lot more than just showing up and giving them six bucks and say, I want a dozen donuts, isn't it? If you're the donut. And see, and here's, here's where grace really comes in. Lots of us deal with mercy. We give mercy, we give mercy, we give mercy. But what Jesus does is he gives grace. And, and here's the difference. Here, here's, here's another way to look at this justice, mercy, grace thing. The owner of the Krispy Kreme franchise we bought these today in Hoover. The owner of the Hoover Krispy Kreme franchise, he probably wasn't there this morning. He was probably up too late last night cheering for Alabama or Auburn, right? No, I don't know. But he, he probably wasn't there, but he has employees that are there and they were working and they took our money for the exact number of donuts that we had contracted over the phone to buy. It was a business transaction. And we gave him this money and he gave, him, he gave us this many donuts because that's what is fair. That is what is deserved. For this amount of money, these, this amount of donuts are deserved. And so there's a transaction. I'm giving you the donuts because you've given me the money. This is what you deserve. That's justice, right? But then there's the chef or the people who work in the back or, you know, or, 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 you know, or maybe think about a bakery where a chef is there and actually doing all the things. And, and you know, they, they make all of this and they get it all put together. And then what do they do? Is th then, then, you know, maybe you come in the door and, and you're, you can't really decide, man, all this looks so good. And what does the chef do? The chef says, here, would you like a sample? And the sample is like, has nothing to do with, the, you know, what you've done. So it's, it's mercy. It's, it's mercy. He just says, here, let me give you a sample. And he hands you a sample and maybe you take the donut and, and you bite it and go, wow, this is awesome. Or what, you know, and you're, you're thinking all of those things, but it's because of the sample that you received. But grace, God's grace, and what Jesus did for us goes beyond that because Jesus is not the owner who says, okay, you know, you, you, you show me the money and I'll show you some grace. That's not Jesus. He's not the owner. He's not contracting with us. It's not about mercy. He's not standing here today and say, look, 
I know you're having a tough time. I'm going to give you a sample of just how good things could be in your life if, you know, you wanted to take this. And then he, and he hands you something. He doesn't hand you something. He's not giving you a sample of something. Jesus is the donut. He's the donut. He's the one that went through, just, just like those things the donut goes through to become a donut. Jesus went through those kinds of things. He was crucified on the cross of Calvary. He was beaten. The word of God says he was beaten on his back for our healing. Not just forgiveness of sins, but even for our healing. He was for the chastisement of our peace. He was chastised or he was bruised or for, so that you and I, we could have peace. He, just like the donut goes through all of that just to get to that point, Jesus went through all of that so that you could have a, a bite of grace today, that you could receive grace today. And, and then actually today also, not just 2,000 years ago when he did that, he was like the donut, but even today. He doesn't hand you something, he hands you himself. It's like the donut climbing up out of that display case that doesn't say, hey, I want, I want to give you a, I'm going to give you a bite of this donut. Don't touch me. I'm going to give you. No, Jesus says, here, take me. I've already given myself. Everything everything I've done, I've done for you. I've already given of myself. He's not standing behind a counter, so here's your sample. He said, take me. That's what grace really is. Mercy is forgiveness, but grace goes so far beyond that. And he says, I I don't want to stand apart from you and and meet your need and touch this and fix this. He says, I want to be a part of your life. Take me in. Receive me to yourself. Receive me. Uh, savor me. Enjoy me. I have paid every price for every problem you'll ever face. He says, just receive me. Let's have a relationship. Let's, let's build a relationship. Let's begin something today. He gives himself. That's what grace is. And let me show you here in, here in a few verses of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 4, exactly what we're talking about here, verses 14, 15, 16. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, that's our great high priest who has entered back into heaven. He's gone back to the Father. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. What do you believe? Let's hold firmly to it. And it doesn't mean in our hand. The only way to hold firmly something is take it to your heart. You lose something in your hand. Just ask, just ask, ask a football player yesterday, last night. You lose something in your hand. You take something to your heart. You let it become a party. That's the only way you hold firmly. You've got to take this to your heart. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest, Jesus, this high priest of ours, he understands our weaknesses because he was here. He lived in a body. That's why he came, to live in a body just like you and I live in a body. He, and, he, and he understands now what it's like to be tired. Is there anybody tired here today? Guess what? I'm not the only person that understands that. Jesus understands being tired. You know, is anybody here today that you messed up and, and, and you just kind of beating yourself up about it? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll raise mine for you, though. I, man, I do that. You know what? Jesus, Jesus understands what it's like to feel, to feel almost, almost hopeless and helpless. But listen to his prayer the night before, he, night before he was crucified. Listen to his prayer that was there. And it was like his flesh was trying to give up. His flesh was getting weak and he had to, and he had to keep fighting in his spirit. He understands what it's like to be weak. And then he understands it because he also faced all of the same testings we face. Every test, every trial, and probably more, more than you've gone through, he went through. 
I know some, some people read uh, over there in uh, Luke chapter 4, and they say, oh, uh, Jesus was, te- he was tempted three times, and like Jesus was only tempted three times. The devil ran off and left him alone for the rest of his life. No, and that wasn't the first time the devil showed up, and that was just the strongest or the one. He was tested. This word right here tells us he was tested in every way that you and I are tested. He had to deal with every temptation. He had to deal with every struggle, every battle. He had to deal with all those, yet he did it. That, that word right there says he did it without sin. He defeated sin. And since he did it without sin, that, that doesn't mean that you and I can be perfect and we'll never, ever, ever, ever make a mistake. That's not what it means. It means because he did it without sin, now you can have, forg- you can have the forgiveness because what he does is he does not impute our own righteousness or lack thereof to us. He doesn't impute our own goodness to ourselves and our own badness. He imputes his own righteousness to us. The fact that he lived and went through all of this trash and garbage and sin and crud here on, on, the, on this, this, uh, this earth, all the temptation, and yet he did it without committing any sin, then he can then impute to us his righteousness. And we can stand before God and we can sing. We can sing and we can sing in joy in Him because we know that the God that we rebelled against, the God that we reject, the God that we turn our backs on all the time, and we, and, and we fail so many times, we can still stand here. And because of His grace and His forgiveness, we can stand here and we can know that we've been justified not because of our goodness but because of his goodness. And that last verse, verse 16 says, so because of that, because of that, let's come boldly to the throne of our gracious God and there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Remember what I told you about grace? Grace was the next step from mercy that is grace is because he's there. That what this is saying is when we come to him, He comes to us. We find his grace. We find his presence. We find his direction. We find his wisdom. We find his anointing. We find his power. When we come to him, then we find all of that in him as well through grace. Not just the mercy of forgiveness, but the grace of his presence. that's, That's what really this grace is. It's like this forgiveness. It's like this mercy, but it's also his presence is that here I am with you. Receive, receive me, he said. Don't, don't just follow a list of do's and don'ts. Receive me. That's the grace that will help us when we need it most. If you've never tasted that grace, I, I hope I can encourage you today. I hope the Spirit of God has encouraged you in these few moments to try him today. Can I ask you to do something? I want to ask everyone to stand. And would you come join us at the front? If you're a first-time attender, just tell you we like to close around fun. I got one last little scripture for you, and we're going to have a word of prayer and sing a final song. We like to close with that final song around front. If you're a first-time attender, we'd love to have you join us if you're comfortable.
Last week, last month, every, uh, well, this month, we're still in November, about just a few more hours, right? Half a day. I ask you every single Sunday, how many of you need amazing in your life? Okay, that series is over, so we're not going to talk about and pray for amazing anymore? Absolutely not. We're going to keep praying for amazing. How many of you need amazing in your life? Raise your hand. Need amazing? Let me tell you where amazing is found, in the grace of God. It's not a found in your ability to pray a better prayer. It's not found in, in your ability to live a more righteous life. It is found in the grace of God. I, I know, okay, those of you who are really, really sticklers for all that, I, I know, yeah, there's, some of the, there's a lot of rules or whatever. Let me tell you something. You know, I watched a lot of football yesterday, and I'm sorry it's come up three times in my sermon, but y'all, that, y'all know that's just who I am, right? I don't, I don't know one of those guys that went through all the pain and struggle of getting to play in a, in a major rivalry football game this weekend. I don't know that one of them signed up because, oh, there's a whole lot of rules. I get to follow rules. Right? I know you might think sometimes if you sign to play for Saban, that's what you do. Is you're saying, I get to follow rules, right? Nobody does that. Did you get married so you could follow? I mean, there are rules, right? You get married, there are rules. Did you get married because I want to follow some rules? No. no. You know, if you were adopted, are you glad you were adopted so that your mom and dad could give you some rules because I'm just, a, you know, I'm, I don't have any parents. I need some parents to give me some rules. No, we don't do that. That's a part of it. But that is not what it's about, is it? The joy of life and, and the things that we embrace and, and the people that, are, that we want to be around us, the relationships that we have, those are the things we go after because of the, the awesomeness that is there. It has nothing to do with the rules, even though there are some rules. But that's not what it's about. You, you're not going to find your amazing. You're not going to receive your awesome blessings because of the rules. You're, don't worry about the rules yet. Worry about the grace because the rules don't even matter anymore. Because I love my wife, I, it's almost like I don't need the rules because I love my wife so much. When the grace really takes hold of you, you almost don't even need the rules because of the relationship you have with Jesus. I'll give you one last scripture right here. This is back to the book of Titus. And this is verse four through seven. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteousness or the righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, a new life, a new start through the Holy Spirit. Anybody besides me thankful for a new start, a new birth, a new life, a new beginning? He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And that's a whole other subject there of the power and the gifts that he wants to put into your life so that you can live, you can, you can live this, this kind of amazing victory that you have on Sunday morning. You, you, can, you can have it every day of your week. And because of his grace, because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. And all of that is laid out before you today. He bought it. He crafted it. He cooked it, baked it, whatever you want to say. And he even glazed it, finishing touches. And it's just laid out for you today. All you have to do is receive it. All of these things that we just read about. The help for your weaknesses. The grace for your greatest times of need. 
is there for you to just take. Would you bow with me? God, I pray, Lord, for somebody today, Lord, that is, God is struggling with an area of their life. God, help them today, God, to just open up and take you in. God, for somebody that never has, let today be the day that they first step out and just take you in. And not just hear you with their ears, but God, to take you into their heart, just like we took a donut into our stomach, they take, take you into their heart today to begin to truly believe. God, for those that have been kind of hanging around for a while in church, they've kind of been hanging around a lot of Christians and, and a lot of good things have begun happening, but they've never yet really fully just said, Jesus, I receive you. I, I, I want you to exist, to live within me, in my life, in my heart, so that I never lose you. I don't ever want to come into my heart, not just into my hand or in my head, come into my heart so I never lose you. God, I pray, I pray people are saying that, God, because I know there are several that need to say that this morning. They need to just ask you, God, to believe that, to do that in Jesus' name. And God, because of that, I pray for grace, God, that forgives sin. I pray for grace that brings healing. I pray for grace that brings amazing. I pray for grace that brings peace. I pray for grace that brings joy. I pray for grace that brings love. I pray for grace that helps everyone standing here in their greatest time of need.